Peter Pan. That is great. One of my favorite movies, one of my favorite lines in the movie, uh, The Fugitive. And um, so uh, I don't know if you've ever been chased before, but one of the things I like about that movie is uh, just that feeling you get of like being, being chased. So I thought we'd start with this. How many people have been chased by a police helicopter? Raise your hand. Okay? So apparently, I am the only person in this room that has been chased by a police helicopter. So I'll ask my second question. How many in here got away? <laughs> Me. I got away from a police helicopter. So I'll tell you what happened. I was about 14 years old. I was with my best friend, Paul. Uh, who actually has become, became a missionary. But we weren't always spiritual uh, in, in, in that way. Um, and so we lived uh, in Pasadena, and there was this campus called the U.S. Center for World Missions. And uh, it used to be Point Loma College, and then it got sold to a, a, a cult uh, that I forget what it was called, but it was... Uh, this lady would drive around in a, in a, in a pink um, limousine, right? And she was the cult leader. And uh, one of my other friends' mom was actually attended that cult. It was, they were wacky. They were wackadoo. Um, and uh, so we decided one night, I told my, my, my parents that I was going to spend the night at Paul's house. And Paul told his parents that he was going to spend the night. Like, you guys are all like, oh, yeah, we did that. I was going to spend the night at my house. So we basically had the evening uh, to ourselves. And we decided that what we were going to do is we we're going to make water balloons. Um, when I say this out loud in front of people, it sounds a lot worse than when I was thinking of it in my mind. But we were going to throw water balloons at mi missionaries, okay? And so, because it was the U.S. Center for World Missions, and they would come on campus, and they'd live in the dormitory, and then, uh, uh, but, you know, and so there were these two missionaries who were um, actually kissing on the grass and so we hid and um and so we just start you know launching these these water balloons just you know so yeah i told you it's it's yeah i just didn't realize it would sound that bad okay uh so we throw throw in the water balloons and um i think one of us connected uh and so they ran into the dorm and like three guys came running out and we had hid in the parking lot and at the parking lot there was this little um, uh, fence and so uh, they go looking around in the parking lot and then they go back into the dorm but just before they get in the dorm I go hey over here because <laughs> I wanted to be chased 
I just that feeling of being chased, like, like the fugitive, like Dr. Richard Kimball, right? I, like, like someone coming after me and, you know, trying to catch me. So uh, all of a sudden, like 12 dudes come out of the, of the dormitory. So I'm like, oh, man. So I hide behind that fence, and I just, I'm just going to wait it out, wait the storm out. And so uh, we wait and wait and wait. I didn't know where my friend Paul was, right? And I, I get, I'm, like, I'm down, way down, and I put my head up, and there's a dude right there. And he says, stop, thief. I'm like, thief? I mean, stop, water balloon thrower. I mean, that, that was more, stop, you know, creator of hilarity, okay? Like, like something at least let it be true but what had happened I didn't know this was that they had gotten uh, someone had broken into the dorm and had stole a bunch of stuff and you have to understand we I was dressed in all black and I had taken cork and burnt it and put it all on my uh, underneath my eye so it lo- I looked like a raccoon like so that you couldn't you couldn't see me and uh, so I just start booking it I just start running and they're like you can hear him behind going him going we found the thief and I'm like running as fast as I can going, I didn't steal anything. And my, I see my friend Paul, he turns the corner, he's way ahead of me, I turn the corner, he's, not, he's nowhere to be found, I, I don't know where he is. And I don't have any, much time, so I crouched down on this person's front lawn, kind of close to there, I just crouched down and I was just like, become a bush, become a bush, become a bush. And sure enough, they run past. And then I run, in between these two houses, and there's Paul, my friend Paul. And we're like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so close. Can you believe it? That was awesome. And then a squad car shows up. And then two squad cars, three squad cars, ended up being four squad cars. Lights, everything. And they're like, they're like canvassing. They got the, the one light that he, where the guy will drive, and then he's got the searchlight, and it's just going. And I'm just sitting there, and then all of a sudden you just start hearing... And I'm like, are you serious? There's a helicopter? Like, so my friend Paul goes, hey, let's just give ourselves up. It was just water balloons. And I'm like, oh, heck no. I'm not let, giving myself up. That's their job. I'm not going to help them do their job. If we, if we get caught, we can tell them about water balloons. But don't just give up. I mean, that, that's like, what are you doing? Like, let them earn their pay. I, it's our tax dollars at work. Come on. So, so in in. In where the neighborhood I grew up in, there was, the police helicopter came out quite often. And it, and it just has this giant, it, the light is so bright, and there's like an edge to it. And I was sitting there like this, praying, dear Jesus, I will become a pastor if I get out of here. I'll become a pastor, I'll do whatever. Paul will become a missionary, just anything. I don't want to be a missionary, just be a pastor. And... Uh, I have my hands out like this, and I see on my pinky the light, and I just go. <laughs> so we wait and wait and wait, and uh, sure enough, the, the, uh, it, it kind of dies down. And then we're geniuses, right? So we decide, dressed all in black with, you know, m- marks on our face, not to go on the street because we didn't want the police to come find us. So we decided to go through everybody's backyard, Think about that. Anyway, we made it. We made it. So I know what it's like to be pursued. Now, maybe not like 
the fugitive in that particular one, he was accused of killing his wife and then uh, he, on his way to be transported to prison, uh, the bus gets into an accident with a train or whatever and he, gets, he escapes and then he spends the whole rest of the time trying to get to the truth while he's being pursued. Well, what I want to talk about this morning is something very, very similar to that. And it's a word that's in the Bible that we use, and it conjures up a lot of different emotions and a lot of different images for people as they read this one word. Because, uh, uh, but I, it's, it's misconstrued often. And the word is persecuted. Now, persecution is happening all over the world uh, with Christians who are in countries where uh, it's illegal to be, become a, a Christian. But in America, and I would imagine for us, we, we think of persecution a little differently because none of us are really getting beaten for our faith. You know, maybe, we, we, maybe you might be at work and, uh, you know, everybody's going out to, uh, on Friday night to a club that you don't want to be at and so you say no and they make they poke fun at you oh you're goody two shoes you know all this kind of stuff and maybe that's your version of being persecuted and that is a form form of it as well but the actual word word in the greek is dioko and it means to be pursued to be chased to be um followed to uh, be questioned, to be um, uh, ridiculed, to be um, wherever you are, they, they, they go get you. And here's, here's what it says in Matthew chapter 10 as we look at this idea of the upside down. Jesus makes this audacious statement. He says, blessed are those who are pursued, who are persecuted, who are chased down, and this is the operative word, because of righteousness. And he makes a statement. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We sang this morning, and by the way, Valerie, that was fantastic. You did a great job. I, between the two, there's like two little packages and big voices. I don't know how that, how that works, but that, that was uh, really awesome to have you guys singing together. But we sang about this. May, may your kingdom come, may your will be done. May your kingdom come, may your will be done. Well, what, 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 what Jesus is saying is, if you're living a life, that is going after righteousness to such an extent that people are pursuing you, you're doing something right. You will experience the kingdom of, of God. Now, persecution, this chasing, this pursuing, does not always have to end in a beating or a beheading or going to prison. This is what happened in John chapter 5. This is at the beginning of his ministry. It says, so Jesus began, uh, uh, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. They weren't hitting him. They weren't uh, tying him up. They weren't putting him in jail. They were pursuing him. They were getting in his way. They were trying to thwart what he was trying to do. And what it was, it was this, this idea, these two separate ideas of truth. These Pharisees were so tied up in their legal system that the fact that Jesus would heal somebody on the Sabbath had to be wrong. It had to be wrong. And when you look at the, the movie clip we saw, you know, Tommy Lee Jones plays this character that, you know, there's this one great scene where uh, uh, that's how Dr. Kimball got the gun. The, the um, Tommy Lee Jones character dropped it, so he has the gun. And he says, I didn't kill my wife. 
And Tommy Lee Jones goes, I don't care. <laughs> because he had a job to do. Bring in the fugitive. That's all that he wanted to do. And, and uh, the Dr. Kimball character had only one job. Find out who really killed his wife. And so, like I said, it's a, it's a real good movie. And that's exactly what was happening here. The, the, the Pharisees were going, they were pursuing Jesus. They had one thing, preserve the law. Preserve the law. Uphold the law. And Jesus is like, man, I, I don't know. You don't understand I fulfilled the law. I'm it. These two different perspectives, these two different kingdoms, if you will. And so we have this idea of persecution, of being pursued. Paul talks about it with his young protege, Timothy. We have a, a couple books in the Bible that we named First and Second Timothy because it was written to a guy named Timothy. And uh, he's trying to instruct Timothy how to be really a pastor, but on the other side, just a follower of Jesus. And so he has these criteria. And it's, it's an amazing, amazing criteria. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. Paul's writing to Timothy going, you know how I am. You know how I live. Then the next verse. Persecutions. Sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. And then he says this pretty audacious statement. In fact... Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. That's an incredible statement. That's an incredible statement. So my question is, if you're not being persecuted, why not? What are you pursuing? What, what, what is different? Are we, and, and please don't get me wrong, at, at, don't send me emails. Uh, you guys know I'm not, I'm not a political person. I don't pick sides. I dislike both sides equally, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm fair about it at least. Um, no, but, you know, we, we have this idea or we've had this idea in evangelical thought that if we just get the right people in office, we can become a Christian nation. And I understand that thinking. I understand what, why, why you think that way. But it's foreign to the Bible. It's foreign to the Bible. The Bible says this. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get beaten or struck at work or whatever. But there's going to be something different. Two different worldviews. Your worldview changes to where... You're different. I'm different. He says it this way too. Uh, well, no, let's not leave this just yet. Um, so th there's this idea that, that we live a life pursuing righteousness. Now, what's fascinating about this, this word for persecution, this word for pursuit, to be pursued, to be chased down, it's not the only reference of it in the Bible. We use that exact same word, and we don't translate it persecute. Here's where. 
For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. He's writing again to Timothy. Uh, and just so you know, uh, just a lot of people misquote this verse. They, they misquote it by saying money is the root of all evil. I don't know if you've heard that before. This is actually what it means. The love of money. So you can have money and be okay. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money. That's their pursuit. That's, that's their drive. That's what they're going after. Have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many a, a griefs. But you, man or woman of God, flee from all this and persecute righteousness. It's the same word. To pursue. It's just translated pursue here. But, it, but in other places it's translated persecute. It's the same thing. Chase after it. Hound it down. Look for clues. Where is righteousness? I'm going to go get it. This is what he's telling Peter, I mean, uh, Timothy. So it kind of goes like this. The faster you chase and the harder you drive to pursue righteousness, you will be pursued and chased because you're just going to become radically different person. You know what you're going to become? You're going to become like Jesus. And for some reason, I don't know what that is, Jesus promised, he goes, look, but basically he said, look, they, they persecuted me, right? They, they persecuted me. Don't think you're going to get away with it. You, know, you can pray all you want. Like, God, oh, man, the persecution, the persecution. But it's, it's going to be there. You're going to have it as you chase after righteousness. Now, if you chase after your career, you probably won't be pursued. You probably won't be chased down. If you uh, pursue, um, you know, your relationships, and none of those are bad, but if you just make it all about maybe attaining power or whatever, then you're, you're probably going to be fine. But if you chase after righteousness, if you pursue, if you uh, persecute, go after, chase after righteousness, you yourself will be chased down. He says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, Love, endurance, and gentleness. These are the things that God asks us to hound. Once we get on the scent of peace, <laughs> we're like a dog just going after it. It changes us. We become like Jesus. He says again to Timothy, In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy. That word holy just means to set it apart. And you know what I'd love? I'd love to see everyone who calls Living Spring their home made into a vessel for special purposes. That purpose might be that you're the only person at your work, the only one who doesn't speak bad about the boss. And he is a jerk. Everybody knows that. And it's obvious. But you, you're created for a special purpose. You're a special vessel in that workplace. You're the one that doesn't say bad things about the boss. 
Uh, you might be called a, you know, whatever, teacher's pet, you know, a suck up or whatever, the, you know, whatever, insert the phrase you want to, you know, that, that, that probably didn't come up, right? Um, <laughs> I should have practiced that a little bit more before I got up here, right? You might be called all those different things because you're pursuing righteousness, you, say, you might say this. There's a verse in the Bible that says, Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth except that which is good for edification. And so you might be with your family, and your family's toxic, and yet you decide, you know what I'm going to do this Christmas? What I'm going to do this Thanksgiving? I'm not going to let one unwholesome word proceed out of my mouth except that which is good for edification. And all of a sudden, your family's like, who are you? <laughs> like, and you're only saying edifying things. Wow, man, you look great. Hey, how's your job going? You've always been smart. And their life's like, man, I think an alien took over, you know, John or whatever. These special purposes. You might be a special vessel, and your special purpose is just to stay with your spouse in a difficult period, just to stay. You don't have to be the greatest spouse in the world, but you just say, God, be, just refine me in your fire. I, my special purpose is to, is to stay. And it might drive your spouse crazy because you're different, because now they live with Jesus. They don't, didn't want to live with Jesus, but they do. Special Purposes made holy, set apart, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. That is a pursuit of righteousness. That is chasing righteousness. He goes on. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue. Here's that word again. Same word. Same word we use for persecute. You're going after it. You're chasing it down. You try to find out where it is, where it's hiding. You might go into work tomorrow, and you're in there, and you're just like, oh, man, here we go again, the grind, and that particular person that is so annoying might walk in, and you're like, I'm going to go all detective. I'm going to try and pursue righteousness today. I'm going to try and pursue uh, something I can do that, that Jesus would do in there. I'm going I'm to take this one person's work, and I'm going to take some of it and help them out. You pursue, that's being set apart. It's being a vessel, special vessel. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. He says this, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. So, so this is great because stupid is in the Bible. Okay, so when you say to your kids, don't say that, it's a bad word, they're just like, yeah, then why is it in the Bible? Uh, I love this. So basically, here's what Paul's saying. 2,000 years ago, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because they produce social media. That's what he's saying. He's saying, right there, he's saying, don't be on social media. It was amazing how he knew this because there's all sorts of stupid and foolish arguments. Why? Why? Because they produce quarrels. And Jesus isn't interested in you quarreling your way into being right. Jesus is interested in us pursuing righteousness, pursuing faith, pursuing peace. 
Now, here's part of the problem when you pursue. You get tired, <laughs> don't you? Sometimes, have you ever had something you're going to work on? You know, maybe it is your mouth or uh, thought life or whatever, and you're doing great, and you're doing great, you're doing great. You go one, two days a week without saying anything bad. And then you're like, oh, man, I can't let this one go. I've got a humdinger for my boss. I just got to go. And it just, it gets hard. Jesus says, keep going, keep pursuing, keep running, get on the run, go, go, you got this, keep pursuing. It will produce quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. Ah, I hate this next one. But must be kind to every, you know what, I'm going to scratch that out. Uh, (laughs) Able to teach, not resentful. Must be kind to everyone. Man, that is a pursuit of righteousness, is it not? To everyone? So I did a word study, because that's what pastors do to try to get out of things. Because uh, I'm hoping that maybe it doesn't mean everyone. Maybe it just like means, uh, you know, just the brothers and sisters in the faith, you know, or, you know, Christians or, well, you know, whatever. It, you know what it means, come to find out? Everyone. <laughs> it means everyone. That's hard. But this is the kind of pursuit Jesus wants us on. That to the extent we are going to be pursued, we are going to be persecuted, drive that much more into your pursuit for righteousness. You don't need to turn around and defend yourself. As a matter of fact, next week, this is kind of a two-part thing on persecution. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about some skills on what do you do when somebody says something bad about you or makes fun of you or whatever. How how, how do we handle that? So we're going to talk a bit about that next week, but must be kind to everyone. Man, if you just didn't read anything else in the Bible and just worked on that, imagine the change that would happen in your life, the change that would happen in your family, the change that would happen in your neighborhood, your place of business, being kind to everyone. Man. Peter says the same thing. First Peter 3.11. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. You got to go after it. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to pursue. It's hard to keep chasing after righteousness, after peace, after love, after faith, to keep going and going and going. And Jesus says, you can do it. Hang in there. And he said, if you've been persecuted, go after it even more. Let your pursuers be the fuel that drives you towards your righteousness. So here's the question I have for us this morning. What are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? Because I would imagine in, in my own life, I don't have persecution really. I mean, I've had people when I was in business, they'd make fun of me. I had, I had all these boundaries. And um, one time I was at a, I was at a business trip in San Francisco with one of our biggest clients and, um, and uh, everybody was going to go to this club uh, and, and it was like that's just what you were supposed to do on business if the, you know, if the client comes in and says hey I want to go to this club and you go, go to the club I, I just couldn't do it I just I'm like I, I, so I just, I just made up some story about like oh you know what my spleen is ruptured I have to go well, you know um, <laughs> 
whatever it is. But, but they, they figured out, they found out that I was a Christian. So they just, they just started in on, on everything. So then I was called, you know, Jesus boy and, the, you know, and I, I, whatever. But it's, it's hard, you know, to, to, keep, to keep up on, under that over and over and over again. What are you pursuing? Like, what would it look like? Let me ask it this way. What would it look like in our lives if we truly pursued righteousness as though we were pursuing a fugitive? Like, we looked for every clue. We turned every rock. One of my favorite uh, lines in the, in the Fugitive, can you see I'm kind of a fanboy of the movie? Yeah. Is he go, he, it's Tommy Lee Jones. He goes, I want you to search every outhouse, hen house, dog house. Okay, it's really cool. But think about that. Like, think about how you do that in, in, with righteousness. Like, like you get on the freeway, and because in Southern California, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of traffic. Um, and so imagine you get on the freeway, you get behind the wheel, and somebody cuts you off, and you're like, I just saw some righteousness. I'm not going to honk my horn, or gesture, or uh, yell, yell out, or any, anything like that. You're pursuing righteousness in your commute. Imagine you're at work, and somebody makes a snide comment. You know that person. They're, maybe it's some backhanded compliment or whatever, and you go, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. You're now pursuing righteousness. You're now doing it. As the worship band comes back up, um, what I'd like to do is, uh, sometimes we'll do this, Valerie, we'll take, um, let's take a couple minutes of just quiet, and then uh, you can start in. Uh, but I, I was thinking about this this week, because I, as I was going through the sermon prep and everything, and l- looking up words and everything, I started thinking about what, Am I pursuing? I started thinking about it because, you know, as a pastor, you kind of get let off the hook because your job is spiritual. So you kind of, um, and I, I, I started thinking, this is something the Lord says to me quite often. Are you trying to grow the church or are you trying to grow your church? That's a big difference. Because the church, the big C church, that, you know where that grows? It's growing. The Big C Church is growing. You know where and historically when? Every time they're persecuted. The church explodes. In China right now, the church of Jesus Christ is going great and they're all in house homes hidden. And they're just flourishing. I started thinking to myself, you know what? I think I'm trying to grow my church not the church. So this week, these are, this is my pursuit of righteousness. I'm going to just start praying and seeking after, how do I grow the church? Because my church is immaterial. It's just where I'm planted. But the church is not. <laughs>